Ladies and gentlemen, emanating from the basement of Cheap Seat Studios, this is Over the Barricade with your hosts, Ryan Downing and Lee Brando! Hello and welcome to the Over the Barricade podcast. I am your host, Ryan Downing, joined as always by my tag team partner out in the uh, the deepest of deep blue seas. He is the one, the only, the deadliest catch. He is Lee Brando. That's right, Ryan. It's weird that I'm able to talk to you underwater, um, but I'm doing it quite fine. You are a man of many talents, so it works out. It's true. Um, anything cool happen in wrestling this week? Well, uh, it's funny you mention it. Um, I think perhaps the biggest news of the week, really, honestly, the biggest news that we've seen in a long time, the uh, announcement. Years this, in the making. It, it actually was announced, I believe, on Tuesday. Um, and that is that Jinder Mahal is in the uh, U.S. Championship match at WrestleMania with Randy Orton and Bobby Roode. What? That's insane. Do you think it's oh crazy we like in a in a weird kind of stalkerish so way kind of met right that now. guy I can't one even time? Hold it in. Um, you're gonna have to hold it in because it's an audio medium, and also I can't see you. So I guess you really can do whatever you want, so long as we can't Freaking hear it. Out right now, I can't believe after three years of rooting for this to happen that. Tuesday night, like you said, it was announced that Jinder Mahal will be in the U.S. championship match at WrestleMania this year. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, uh, you know what they call him? They call him the the guy on the steps in Philadelphia, Jinder. (laughs) I just want to I just want to fling my arms in the air and just say, like, I don't know, like, great or excellent or yes. Something like that. Yes. 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 How does one say yes in um, in uh, Indian? Is that the language? Uh, Punjab. Punjab. Yes. Um. Uh, Punjabi. I'm sorry. I always make that mistake. Uh, Punjab is the place. Punjabi is the language. And uh, I'll be totally honest. I don't know how to pronounce this, so I'm not going to try. I did believe the it's turn. Give you this hum. I believe hum uh, hum. It would it written out. It would look like H A M, but uh, I ham. believe it's it's hum, but it's not ham. Are you sure ham isn't? It's not ham. It's sure? probably not. I'm pretty sure if I did listen, it would only. Uh, listen to it would only play the word yes. Yes. Huh. Weird. Yes. Um, did Javier yes. give that to you? Yes. No. Um, this was actually through Google. Yes. Javier was not prepared. Yes. And uh, yes. Yeah, we'll we'll see how how he how he manages the rest of the show. But is he uh, giving you Javitude again? He's uh yes. he's on thin ice. Ah. So with anchor weights. Anyways. Yes. Anyway. Yes. Any other news in wrestling this week besides the biggest news of Ginger Mahal joining the US title match at WrestleMania? Uh Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn were fired. 
Yes, and did you see that Kevin Owens has gone so far as to change his Twitter handle back to Kevin Steen? He, it is his right. He's no longer an employee of the WWE, and uh, he uh, he he should be able to do that. He that's that's his gimmick. One can only wonder what this holds for one El Generico. Well, unfortunately, we we know what this holds for El Generico. He's passed away, and. Uh, I don't think it holds anything. He's he's no longer amongst the living. Well, El Generico is a very mysterious person. And if anyone can conquer death, I believe it to be him. Muerte. El Muerte? El Generico Muerte. It feels like it would actually be a gimmick. Um, so... Obviously, the biggest news of the week after Jinder Mahal and Kevin Owens uh, was the announcement that Daniel Bryan has been cleared. It broke the internet. Uh, well, yeah, I guess if that excites you. It excited Twitter. Uh, Daniel Bryan was chen- trending through pretty much all day Tuesday after that announcement, and I believe he was number one worldwide at one point. All joking aside... It is pretty crazy, the story, the timing, the structure of everything that happened. People are going to believe until the day the world ends that this was planned, that this was the brainchild of Vince McMahon, but it's really not. And um, it's really an interesting story with ramifications that run throughout all of sports. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where this goes, but one can only think that a lot of eyes are going to be on this situation. Um, I mean, have you heard of the, uh, the, the protocol that is going to be had uh, following Daniel Bryan's return to the ring? Uh, yes, although quickly I would like to take a quick run down how we got here. Um, yeah. Daniel Bryan, of course, uh, wrestled in uh, 2015 at WrestleMania Play Button uh, in Santa Clara, California, WrestleMania 31. And he wrestled for the Intercontinental Championship, winning it in the latter match at that year's Mania after spending most of the previous year uh, out of action due to uh, injury. It was his. It was a big comeback for him, and then within a few weeks he was gone due to concussion issues and as we would later find out, seizures. Um, he took time off to try and get himself back. WWE basically told him he wouldn't be cleared. And no matter what they came up with in February of 2016, he, of course, had an incredibly emotional retirement on Raw. So, fast forward a couple of months. Daniel Bryan uh, is introduced as general manager on, on TV as part of the brand split. And behind the scenes, he is actually going to get evaluated by neurologists and doctors around the country. And having, after seeing several neurologists who basically said he's cleared, he's, there's nothing here that should keep him from being able to wrestle, he took it to WWE over uh, the last couple of months. And so this journey, it goes... 
year and a half, almost two years, takes it to WWE, and they decide to look at what these neurologists have said. And WWE had neurologists as selected by WWE medical director Dr. Joseph Maroon take a look at Daniel Bryan, and every one of them came back as cleared. Um, Dr. Uh, Maroon took a look at Daniel Bryan himself uh, earlier this week and concluded that with all the evidence that there's nothing that should keep Daniel Bryan from wrestling, and WWE has finally given the clearance to Daniel Bryan to return to in-ring action, something that he himself, Daniel Bryan, has said he would do on his own if WWE would not allow him to. When his contract ended, he would go to the independents and start wrestling again. So, yes. And, that brings and what us makes to- this story really unique is that all the pressure to get Daniel Bryan cleared did not come from the machine. It did not come from Vince. It did not come from WWE. All the pressure to get Daniel Bryan cleared came from Daniel Bryan himself. Mm-hmm. And that is a tale of inspiration in and of itself. Um, yeah, basically, when, 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 when he first stopped competing in 2015, um, there were some doctors who would not clear Daniel Bryan. But as time went on quickly thereafter, um, you know, like he, he hasn't had a seizure in more than two years. Mm-hmm. So as time went on, the doctors that wouldn't clear him got less and less, and the doctors that would got more and more. And he started doing hyperbaric uh, chamber treatments for, for the, uh, you know, gra- gravity treatments and all this kind of stuff that was on the fringe of of medicine which might now find a place a a very prominent place in in neurology and in concussion uh treatment um who we'll 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 see um but this this changes a lot you know this um this changes things not only in wrestling changes things in football in mma and boxing this this could have a major effect because it was always thought that there's a there's a certain number of concussions and once you get to that number you shouldn't compete anymore that was the way it was understood you couldn't safely uh you couldn't ensure your long-term health after a certain point and cte and all of this so this goes against that and that is huge. And that, like I said, will change a lot. And, and there's going to be a lot of people with eyes on this. Daniel Bryan basically went to uh, Dr. Maroon, the, the WWE doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and said, who will you listen to? Who do you trust most in these fields? And Daniel Bryan went to those doctors and got passed. So really, Maroon had no choice but to pass him. And, um, you know, the timing, we're coming up on WrestleMania. It's back in uh, New Orleans where Daniel Bryan had his, the night of his career, basically, where he not only beat Triple H, but he beat Batista and Randy Orton to become the unified WWE champion. Um, 
so the timing is is impeccable. Um, it's going to be very interesting how they play it. I'm sure Daniel Bryan isn't interested in a full-time schedule, and the WWE probably doesn't want to put him through that either. Um, but I do know that the protocol following all of Daniel Bryan's matches is going to be to get an impact test, and he's going to be under a microscope. And it's interesting because I don't think that any sports or combat athlete has a better understanding of their own brain right now than Daniel Bryan. And we so we have this baseline that's very well conceived. And it's going to be interesting to see where they decide or if they decide how much damage means take him out of the ring. There's really no precedent for this. So this is very experimental in and of itself, him going back to the ring. And um, I'm worried that because of that, they won't take the chances. They won't put enough uh, investment into him to push him to the spot that really he could be at. He should be at. And, you know, if you put him in the spot of a John Cena or a Roman Reigns right now, he is going to do more with it than they could. I just, that's just, you know, due to the fan reaction and fan interest and everything like that. Um, But will they do that? Who knows? Or will we get, you know, how long before we get uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella versus John Cena and Nikki Bella? You know, that's, I don't know. We will, in that regard, have to see um, how it how it plays out. But I think it would be pretty fair to say that uh, WWE has a lot of uh, has has a big money opportunity on their hands. Uh, not big money, Matt, but a big money opportunity, and they could do an awful lot with it if they do it right and. I really do think that the WWE and Dan O'Brien specifically does not, they don't have to go full time with him to make this work. You know, he doesn't, you could very easily um, go through and have this work out in such a way that he doesn't wrestle every live show. You know, he doesn't go in and wrestle on television every week. And not to say he's got the the Brock Lesnar schedule. You could have him wrestle most SmackDowns or most Raws and uh, most pay-per-views, and that would be fine. But you don't necessarily have to have him go out and wrestle singles matches on live shows constantly. You know, those that live the house shows. You just don't necessarily need to put him through that. Or you could do kind of the for lack of a better term, a little bit of the Cena run where Cena is largely only coming in for the big shows and the run-up to that big show and then disappears for a couple months and then does the same thing again. So Yeah, but I don't think I don't think Daniel Bryan would be interested in that. I think kind of being there every week and then on the big shows, m- maybe not necessarily wrestling every week, but being there 
is kind of more what I'm feeling his interest level would be. Um, it's it's going to be something to watch because if they got behind him and they they put the full promotional power behind him, I strongly believe that he could be the biggest active star in wrestling uh, in in the entire you know in the entire industry. Um, he could be bigger to the hardcore fans than Okada or Omega or AJ Styles or Nakamura or you know anyone. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that happens if they, you know, are dipping their toes in the water with him, per se. I don't think that happens if they're just teasing him and and, and using him sparingly. I think he's got to... I think he's got to have somewhat of a schedule that allows him to have multiple great matches and to become, you know, a wrestler of the year candidate. Um... So, you know, we'll, we'll see, but yeah, that's, uh, it's pretty huge. It's pretty huge. Um, you know, I can't think of any time where there was a legitimate, um, super legitimate injury Mm. that the WWE told the talent they had to retire and that talent came back from that. Um, you know, the closest thing would be Shawn Michaels, but that wasn't, that was more his choice. Um, that wasn't the WWE telling him that he had to retire. Right, uh, and and Shawn Michaels was dealing with a lot of other things on top of the back injury in, in right. 98. And it was, I agree with you. I think there's, that's the, probably the closest that we could get to having seen this before, but this is such a unique circumstance to your point that something like that, we have, I can't say we've ever seen anything like this. And I really can't say we probably ever will again, just kind of we're at the precipice on the types of injuries that Daniel Bryan was dealing with between the concussions and the issues, the lesion on his brain that was causing the seizures. And, where we are, and you mentioned it, where we are in sports, where this is becoming more and more of an issue and we're getting more and more uh, clearer pictures on what this could mean and what this could look like. And Daniel Bryan coming back from this is huge both for wrestling and for uh, for the world of sport. And also, as a wrestling fan, you're right, we've never seen anything quite like this. Yeah, it'd be like if Edge came back or, you know, something of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, or, you know, even Stone Cold, really, um, to a full-time schedule. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely uncharted water, and that's why it's going to be so intriguing to watch. Um, I mean, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things for him to do. That's for sure. There's a lot of uh, matches that people want to see. Um, well, we definitely, you know, they've just got they've just landed a huge star that they already had, but now he's active again, and that's a huge thing. So, um, it's 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 going to be very very interesting to watch. Um, you know, the the WrestleMania is only a couple weeks away, and then a, two weeks after that, maybe there'll be a, um, 
another superstar shakeup draft and you know will they put him on monday night um and and push him we'll see there are a lot of questions about how they're going to use Daniel Bryan. Obviously, Zayn and Owens attacking Daniel Bryan after they were fired means we're probably going to see a tag team match with uh, Zayn and Owens versus McMahon, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Uh, there were a couple of options they wanted to go. They Apparently, uh, on, the, the, on Tuesday, they rewrote the show to allow for them to discuss this and to rewrite the angle between Zane Owens and Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. And I think we've pivoted from Shane McMahon somehow being involved in this Owens and Zane match to a clear tag team match that we'll get. Or this is a way to write Daniel Bryan off TV until after WrestleMania, which I don't think is what's going to happen. As big as WrestleMania's card is now, I think adding uh, adding Daniel Bryan to that is only can only make it better. And at as of this time, that Zayn and Owens match with them being fired in kayfabe has been pulled from the 34 card. So some things right. to consider heading into Mania. Daniel Bryan being on that WrestleMania card, I think, is a no brainer. Regardless of how much ring rust he might have, we're not looking for a five star match. The moment is going to be what counts. I'm not. I'm not sure that's going to be a concern, really. <laughs> I mean, looking at what he did on Tuesday, yeah, it was all you know trademark spots, but um, you know he could still he he looked great. You know he looked great in the ring. Um, the only if and th- and this is nitpicking because obviously this is great news and. You really shouldn't be mad at all. The only thing I, I just wish it was a little more. I, I just wish it was played a little closer to the chest, almost, hmm. where they didn't announce it right, and the rumors could be out there. But there's been rumors of it. There was rumors of it at the Royal Rumble. There's rumors of it last year. You know, there's always been rumors of Daniel Bryan coming back, right? So let the rumors be rumors. And then on Tuesday night, everyone's tuning in to see, is it true? Okay, because the rumors are, are being stoked again. You have the same end of show segment where Daniel Bryan fires Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And then when they turn around and attack him, it's, oh my God, you, you really can't do this. Like, he's not cleared. You really can't hit him. And then when he starts to fight back, it's, it's, oh, oh my God, wait a second. Is he, what, what? And then, you know, he takes them both down and he gets on the mic and he goes, I am, you know, just so you know, I am cleared. And, and then they get into, you know, I mean, that reaction to me would have been even crazier. Um, It was a huge reaction. um, But I, that's how, that's the only thing I would have done. I wouldn't have leaked it earlier in the day or, or, you know, flat out put out a, a, a news article about it earlier in the day. I would have played it just a few more hours and then had the big reveal live on television mm-hmm. So in front of the audience. We feel, so, uh, we feel that uh, Daniel Bryan wrestles AJ Styles some point this year, right? I would assume so. I mean, AJ's hurt. Um you know, apparently he's okay for WrestleMania, but I don't know if that means he's sticking it out. 
if like he needs a surgery, but he's going to hold off until after WrestleMania. I don't know what that means for the match. It's kind of like when Sting and Hogan fought and, uh, you know, they had bad backs and legs and stuff. So they really didn't give the match that could have been given. So it's like now we have Nakamura and Styles, but is Styles really going to be able to go all out? And um, is he going to be gone for months afterwards if he needs a surgery? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope we see it. I think we will see it. I mean, there's so many matches that WWE could put on now. I mean, imagine Balor versus Brian. Um, you know, I mean, there, there there's a ton. Um but you know we'll we'll have to wait and see and see how they play it because you know presumably he's going to be on a different brand even if he stays on SmackDown than a lot of the stars that you would want him to see wrestle so possibly um i'm don't mind me i'm just going through and trying to figure out um, where certain matches certain guys have had against each other. Um, the Styles-Daniels match comes to mind. Um, there's Daniels. Uh, Daniel Bryan match. I was looking at Bryan Danielson. It threw me off. Um, Those two have only squared off on three separate occasions. Uh First, back in 2003, a one-on-one match in Ring of Honor. Uh, again, in 2004, this time a triple threat, including Samoa Joe at IWA Mid-South. And then again in Ring of Honor in 2006, uh, Styles versus Danielson one-on-one. Um, we have seen that one. We've seen an awful lot of Brian Danielson versus Tyler Black, a.k.a. Seth Rollins. Those two have met up a bunch of times in between 2008 and 2009. But it would be interesting to see a lot of the different match types they could get or matchups they could get at this point. We've never seen Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura, uh, to my knowledge. Um, I I know that at one point in time they were at the New Japan Dojo together. So Javier is working on it right now. I'm sure that they have crossed paths in the ring, but I don't know if it's ever been on a show. Um, so that, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, I mean, you could really throw Daniel Bryan. I can't think of anybody that wouldn't have a good match with Daniel Bryan. Shane McMahon. Uh, what's that? I, I threw out Shane McMahon's name and then immediately regretted it because Shane McMahon has proven he can be at least decent. He's the best enhancement talent in the business. Um, yeah, he would definitely give it, you know, something. It's you know, it's not going to be a five star match, but he would make it memorable, um, like he did with Styles last year. My only peeve is that, you know, I'd really, and I think I've said this before, I really don't want to sit through every year at WrestleMania. Well, we've got to have the Shane McMahon match. We've got to have the Triple H match. We've got to have the Kurt Angle match now. You know, I don't really want to have all these slots predetermined and then bend the booking into them. Um, you know, to almost the Undertaker's almost getting to that point 
um, you know, sometimes you just have to have it happen organically. And really, um, of all of them, the most organic one is the Shane McMahon match, which is kind of funny. All the other ones that I said are, are really kind of shoehorned in there. Um, that, you know, in storyline-wise, are very illogical. Um, so, you know, I'm, it's one thing if you're going to... If you're going to weave it into the overall plot and the overall, you know, drama of it, but it's another thing if you're just going to have some guy come out and call out the other guy week after week for no reason, um, or you're just going to have the 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 two people, um, you know, in the match because they have to, but they don't really have to, but they have to, but they don't really have to, you know what I mean? So it's um. That that is something that I would like to see change. I did make a remark about Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura never having touched before. That's not entirely accurate. Um, Javier over here trying to redeem himself. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Daniel Bryan have been across from each other on three separate occasions, all in 2004, uh, and all three in tag matches. The uh, Nakamura against uh, then known as American Dragon uh, as part of uh, New Japan tours. Twice Daniel Bryan teamed up with Minoru Suzuki against Shinsuke Nakamura and a separate partner. And uh, one and one, but actually if you look at this, Shinsuke Nakamura is two and one in tag matches against Daniel Bryan. But those are the only meetings those two have ever had. They have never in a singles match that anybody knows about. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Um, I, I feel Shinsuke should win or is going to win the championship at WrestleMania. And um, that is definitely a match that um, should happen. I mean, there's so, I mean, Sami Zayn versus Dan O'Brien would be an excellent match. Um you know, there's so much, there's so much untapped territory there. Um, it's going to be a good year if Daniel Bryan can stay healthy. Javier is immediately looking up uh, Daniel Bryan versus El Generico because uh, they've obviously never Unrelated. wrestled. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, Sami Zayn and Daniel Bryan have never touched, but. Um, you know, we're we're taught. He brought up El Generica earlier. It inspired me to take a look and see if those two have ever squared off, uh, or had ever squared off. R.I.P. El Generico, and um, those two only actually met up five different times. So we had a lot we could have done. Uh, actually, I take it back four different times. They were tag team partners uh, at one point in time, and uh, two and two against each other, one and zero oh with uh, tied up or teamed up, I should say. So there's a lot of cool things you could do with Daniel Bryan as far as dream match scenarios. But we must move on. And that is, uh, we go so, from some really good news to some unfortunate news as we uh, have speculated in recent weeks about Rey Mysterio's injury uh, heading into Strong Style Evolved. And unfortunately, it was announced today during New Japan uh, the New Japan Cup press conference that Rey Mysterio will be missing this Sunday Strong Style of All event 
meaning we will not see Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger or Mysterio's debut in New Japan, uh, Will Ospreay will step in and take on Liger in his place. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, bad timing for the injury. I mean, there's never really good timing, but this was especially bad seeing as Strong Style evolved. And um, if there's any murmurs of a, a WWE return, it kind of rules out WrestleMania. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but Will Ospreay is a very, you know, it's not a step down or anything. Um, it's no. still going to be a good match. Not after still... that. Not after watching that Okada Osprey match at uh, the 46th anniversary show. Yeah, and 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 there's still a lot on the card uh, to give the fans their money's worth. And I think that, um, I mean, I hope that Rey Mysterio does get that New Japan run before he heads up to New York, as they say. Um but it's looking like that might not happen. You know, he's he's uh, he's going over to Birmingham um, to the which, you know the the WWE uh, very often visited doctors and hospitals to to see uh, about his knee, and um, we'll see where it goes from there. You're uh, not in you're in pretty good hands if you go in to see James An- Doctor James Andrews team over at uh, over at Birmingham. He is definitely one of the best, if not the best, in the world. And if you have a ligament injury, he is going to take care of you. Uh, yeah. But of course, he had uh, he suffered a grade one partial tear of his left biceps. So unfortunately, it was a matter of whether or not he would be able to rehab it in time, and it was tough. I mean, that's oh, that's, was it the biceps? Yeah, it was the biceps. It's very tough. Well, I know to... he's going to Birmingham regardless. So I mean, maybe they can uh, maybe they can help it out there. Well, it is it is something that they would be able to deal with. Uh, remember, uh, Finn Balor when he tore his shoulder went down to uh, Birmingham, Alabama as well, and was taken care of down there. The same thing with Seth Rollins for his knee. Um, James Andrews also took care of Triple H for both quads uh, and Vince McMahon for both quads. So plenty, uh, plenty of experience down there. Rey Mysterio versus Jushin Thunder Liger. Since Javier is on the Internet Wrestling Database, he's taking a look. And uh, Mysterio and Liger only faced off one previous time in a singles match, and that was at WCW Starcade '96, December 29th, 1996. Liger defeating Mysterio at the time, and we it would have been interesting to see how this one would have played out. And I. You know, I just don't know if this opportunity is going to come up again, and it's too bad. But I guess we could always go watch Darkade '96 on the network. Yep. So um, that strong style evolved card looking quite strong indeed. Uh, let's go through the card since it is this Sunday. That card will start off with SoCal Uncensored, Scorpio Sky, Frankie Kazarian, and Christopher Daniels. The Ring of Honor, six-man tag team champions, will take on Rocky Romero and Rapongi 3K, Yo and Show. The uh, second match on the card, a tag team match, Gato and Hiroki Goto will team up to take on David Finley and Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice Robinson, of course, making it deep into the New Japan Cup before being eliminated by uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, if I remember correctly. And... 
Uh, we should talk about the New Japan Cup, but we'll get through Strong Style Evolve first. So, mm-hmm. um, that tag team match leads to another tag team match as Yano and Chucky e. T will team up to take on the Killer Elite Squad, Davey Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer. Uh, this match probably was Yano and Trent Beretta at one point in time, but Chucky e. T has basically replaced Beretta on all of the New Japan tours uh, as Beretta went down with an injury. It worked out well for Chucky e. T as uh, yeah. his best friend's teammate was right there to step up and take those bookings. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we continue on another tag team match, this one involving the Bullet Club. The Gorillas of Destiny, Tonga Loa and Tama Tonga, will team up to take on the American Nightmare Cody and Marty Skrull. Um, as it's being described in Japan, the, uh, the Tongans acting as... Switzerland in this civil war between the bullet or within the bullet club Marty Skrull and Cody leading up team Cody uh, we'll get to team Omega team Kenny in a little bit but well doesn't Switzerland uh, not get into confrontations correct um, I it is a little weird that they're going up but I don't think they're team Kenny I think they're still separate I think they're just yes. this is a match um, but maybe they're going to split Bullet Club right down the middle. We'll we'll see. Uh, how they've been booking the Bullet Club is a very interesting thing in and of itself. Um, we continue on a an eight-man tag team match as Dragon Lee, uh, Ryosuke, uh, Ryosuke Taguchi, Kushida, and Hiroshi Tanahashi will team up to take on LIJ, Hiromu Takahashi, Bushi, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, still minus Evil, who is on the mend after getting surgery for breaking his orbital bone. Sonata is just carrying around the tag team titles himself for the time being, and those tag titles are still up in the air for the foreseeable future. We get to that special singles match, Liger versus Osprey. Even Liger at his age, this should still be at least an entertaining matchup. Osprey was gonna do a lot of li- is gonna do a lot of lifting in this match, but it should be pretty good. Continuing on, Tomohiro Ishii teams up with the IWGP heavyweight champion, Kazuchika Okada, to take on the winner of the New Japan Cup, Zack Sabre Jr., spoiler alert, and Zap, 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 Zack Sabre Jr., and Minoru Suzuki. This should be a very good match as a tag team affair. What, uh, in most instances, would probably end up being the main event, Jay White will defend his IWGP U.S. Heavyweight Championship against Hangman Page before we get into our main event. That will be a special tag match as the Young Bucks take on the Golden Lovers, which should be a very, very good match. Yes, uh, I, I have to think that's going on last, and for good reason. Um you know, that's uh, that's going to be a crazy match. I mean, I really don't know what to expect. Um, but I, I can't wait to watch that one. It should be utterly fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. There will maybe be some shenanigans, but um, this should be a really fun match to watch. And they certainly are building it up both in New Japan and on being the elite as... Uh, Cody continues to 
manipulate the uh, the Young Bucks, or at least especially Matt Jackson, leading to this Omega and Cody matchup at Supercard of Honor. Before we move on to Supercard of Honor, we must talk about the New Japan Cup, which wrapped up this week. The mm-hmm. winner of the New Japan Cup, which I spoiled already, Zack Sabre Jr. wins, defeating Tanahashi. I think last week we both said Tanahashi would probably win, but given that Zack Sabre Jr. will challenge Okada at Sakura Genesis, this makes a lot of sense with the theory you came up with a few weeks ago that it will probably be Tanahashi Okada at Dominion for that record, what would what could be the record-setting 12th title defense for Okada. Yeah, it, it does make more sense this way. I mean, they really, I mean, if you want to build a star in one week, just look at the week that Zack Sabre Jr. just had. Yep. Um, and, you know, Tanahashi doesn't lose anything by losing to Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr. gains a lot from beating Tanahashi. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that down the line when Tanahashi and Okada face off, it's not going to be a huge match. Nothing is lost there. Um, but it, it does make uh, Sabre a viable uh, opponent for Okada coming up at um, Sakura Genesis. It does. And uh, Sabre, and that match told an interesting story in the way it should have been told exactly as it was. Zack Sabre Jr. working on Tanahashi's uh, knees specifically. And the Tanahashi tapped, which was surprising to see, but... Tanahashi tapping after repeatedly being able to get out of the uh, the many submissions that Zack Sabre Jr. throws at you. But uh, Tanahashi went for one too many high fly flows and was caught, got into uh, repeated submissions against the knee and just couldn't hang on. 34 minutes, two seconds into the match, he taps out. Zack Sabre Jr. comes out victorious, calls out Okada, Okada comes out, setting the stage for their soccer Genesis match. And, of course, like we said, these two will meet in a tag team match at Strong Style Evolved. You have to think, even if Sabre Jr. doesn't somehow win this match, this will be a strong showing for the two members of Suzuki-Gun. Yeah, um, I could see, you know, Sabre going over... um, on strong style evolved to set up for it, but I mean, we'll see. That would probably be the smart money, but uh, we'll kind of have to see how it goes. Supercard of Honor uh, uh, for WrestleMania weekend, Ring of Honor, of course, playing that. I believe the night before. I believe that's on the seventh with Mania on the eighth. That card is further coming into uh, coming into picture. We've already had a lot of announcements: Cody and Omega. Uh, Dalton Castle and Marty Skrull. Additional uh, announcements have been made. SoCal Uncensored will defend their six-man titles along with the tag team match announced the Briscoes taking on Jay Lethal and Hiroshi Tanahashi. So this match is, or this card is certainly building up. Plenty of New Japan throughout this card. The only match that's on this card to this point that doesn't have any full-time New Japan talent is the ROH World Championship match between Castle and Skrull? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I suppose. So, well, Hiroshi Tanahashi is in the World Tag Team Championship match. Mm-hmm. Oh, I take it back. The six-man tag match doesn't have anybody from Japan. My mistake. Um, but Kota Ibushi, Tomohiro Ishii are on this card as well. And, of course, Kenny Omega is... He shows up in Ring of Honor, but is full-time New Japan. Yes. So, uh, only the six-man tag match and the World Championship match don't have New Japan stars, whereas I feel like uh, Ring of Honor is getting some good boosts, but then again, this is one of their biggest shows of the year, and there are guys who show up in Ring of Honor quite a lot on the Wrestle Kingdom cards, too. So, uh, that relationship continues to flourish for both promotions. Yes. So, um, we move along from here to... This past week in WWE, beyond Raw and SmackDown specifically, I really, 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 primarily just want to talk about the ultimate deletion. Um, yeah, I mean, what is what is there to really say? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> um. I found it weird that WWE felt the need to have Michael Cole apologize and bury it right before they went on. Didn't like that very much. Um, not a fan of doing It very strange. That. Like, why put it in your main event segment just to bury it? Um, you know, some of, some of the gags and everything worked, but it's like, of all the things that WWE does, isn't this the type of thing they love to do the wacky comedy so why try to make it almost serious to a point um and i i mean the silver lining is maybe we get a slight repackaging of bray wyatt so he's fresh again because the character has been quite stale for some time i don't think the potential is stale I just think what they've done with him is very stale. I think the WWE, WWE's potential with him is stale at this point. I think yeah. if if they couldn't make a ready-built character like that work when every schmo in a chair could have come up with a better better things to do with him, nobody's going to make it work. Uh, not in that company. Um, it's just not going to happen. So that being said, I'm okay with a little bit of a repackaging. Uh, if you did not see it, there were a mixture of serious moments, funny moments. Um, the uh, initiate boomstick protocol ending with Bray Wyatt just before fireworks went off going initiate what in pure surprise, which was fantastic. Um, the uh, land of obsolete men was wonderful. Um, the... Of course, it ends with Bray Wyatt being chucked into the Lake of Reincarnation. They really did go full impact. I really was not expecting them to let this be as reminiscent of the final deletion as it was. It really makes me feel like they gave the keys to Matt Hardy and said, go give us 15 minutes. That's all we need. Yeah, I mean, you could certainly see their touch on it a little it. bit. Yeah, um, but I mean, it. I mean, it did. 
it did um, stay true to the original to a point. It wasn't totally different. It was not totally different. Obviously, it started in the ring the same way that the final deletion did. We had Vanguard 1. Uh, all the all the cast of characters came back. Um, we, uh, we had our Senor Benjamin moment. We had a Jeff Hardy cameo. Uh, well, I should say a Brother Nero cameo. Uh, definitely something. We saw Matt Hardy attempt to run Bray Wyatt over with a lawnmower. And then Bray Wyatt standing up. Excuse me, the mower of lawns. The mower of lawns, I apologize. Um, it Here's the only thing I, I have, I can say wrong about the situation. It was what it was. Whether you liked it or you hated it, you probably felt the same about the final deletion in most regards. Here's what I disliked. The lack of promo and build work to this with the exception of the couple of spots on Raw, and then they had a fleeting moment on Raw last week. This was something you should have built over the past few weeks, at the least. You could have built to this, and it would have seemed like a much bigger deal. Well, that's the thing. It's um, when it was an impact, it felt like it was the biggest thing that they were doing it felt like they were fully behind it and this was what they wanted to put out into the world and with wwe it's almost a side note right and that's what it felt like you know it there wasn't we had a couple of of spots where a couple of quick snippets of video where it was uh matt hardy at home um with the family and we had him feeding George Washington the giraffe. Um, mm-hmm. But there was no like explanation to go with it. And you can't... For, for us smarks who have been following the storyline since the other promotion did it, all of this makes sense. None of it makes no sense be... Obviously, to a degree, it's not supposed to make sense. But it doesn't make sense, and you're not giving people an opportunity to care about it. So it just happens. And when it just happens, the Smarks freak out because it's all the same things we remember. There's Skarsgård. There's Vanguard 1. They're out in the ring. And like we have all of these bits that we all remember, but if you're a casual WWE fan, which you have to win over to some degree with this gimmick in order for it to work, you've done nothing to make them care about Matt Hardy or Bray Wyatt in this situation. And then you threw your main event segment to them with so little build and interest from your product. Yeah, there's... um, You can go back on... Chris Jericho's podcast a couple a, a year or two and um, there is an interview with uh, Matt Hardy fully in character never breaks character the whole podcast which he didn't break you character know. the entirety of the broken Matt Hardy saga right and he's fully in broken Matt and he does more in that podcast to make you interested and make you understand 
the character and everything than WWE has done in, I mean, how many months have they been running this character? You know, at least two, two, three months. Um, and it's like, how hard could it really be? Just shoot a couple of interviews with Matt Hardy where he's in character explaining who he is, explaining that he's from the year 3000 or whatever, you know, that he's just a vessel and that his spirit has encountered many vessels and lived in many vessels and, and all this and that. And, um, you know, get really get that over. That way, when you show this crazy ultimate deletion, the fans, the casual fans, that you say, are ready to come with you on that journey. It's not stark. It's not um, a shock to the system. And they can absorb it, and they can like it, and they can, you know, it can do a big business for you. Mm-hmm. But this is just fan service to the hardcore fans, and that's good, but it's not going to help anybody. No, and the, the timing of this is very weird, too. You could have probably done this. You could have probably shelved the Ultimate Deletion until after WrestleMania. You know, maybe maybe two or three weeks after Mania when some of that... Some of that you start losing some of that viewership. And I think it would have been fine. The timing of this is weird. Because you really should be pushing towards Mania. And obviously, Matt Hardy, at this point, is probably only going to be in the Battle Royal. So, I don't necessarily understand where they're going. The only thing I could think is they're trying to set this up for a push on a gimmick right after Mania. Some sort of story after Mania that involves Bray Wyatt that helps rebuild his character so you have something to follow. But... WWE does things in such a way that I can't trust that they're doing it that way because that way would make sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put any hope in this. I don't think it's going to work. Um, yeah, it, it was a throwaway, really. Um, I, I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah, I wish, I wish they could have saved it and built it up, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, that might be, you know, it might be very hard for Matt Hardy to come back from from this. I am hoping that this is all just nervous skepticism from people who have been very uh, who've been burned by WWE on things they've loved before. But I'm really, really hoping that Matt Hardy can pull this out and that this this thing generates the buzz. I'm sure they the reason they put it before Mania was to generate a buzz. I'm hoping that that did it. I'm hoping that it worked and that we can get more time with his character. I don't know if you necessarily have to have Matt Hardy going for championships right away. You can have him in the middle of your show and doing all this as a way to build him to doing something more important later, but you can't continue to have him as like a low mid-card throwaway situation that this is weird and different. Let's throw it in the main event spot. We don't have anything else for tonight. That's kind of what it felt like. That being said, I enjoyed it. I sat, I wasn't paying a ton of attention to Raw. Uh, I was kind of playing on my phone or whatever the case before. As soon as this came up and as soon as this got started, set my phone down, sat intently, watched it without distraction. Worth my time. Um, I enjoyed it. I thought they did a good job. It was very derivative of the first, of the final deletion. 
and I am intrigued to see where they go, but I am also very skeptical that they're going to get it right. Um, if they're just letting Matt Hardy have the keys and just figuring out where to put them on the card, I'm not opposed to that. But I don't think WWE has the restraints to let somebody else do anything on their show. Yeah. Because Matt yeah. Hardy is the creative here. He's the one who makes this work. Yeah, it's... Um, well, I, I I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't have very high hopes at this point. We can only sit back and watch and hope. Um, speaking of hope, the Mania card continues to fill out. Um, we'll go through it quickly. Uh, the big story from last week that we talked about... They have since course-corrected. Uh, you had mentioned it right at the end of the show last week. The fabulous Mula Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania has been changed. Uh, it is no longer uh, have anything to do with Fabulous Mula, which is good call by WWE. It is now just the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Uh, I think they should make this mean something. If you make this Battle Royal worthwhile, I think it's more interesting, both Battle Royals worthwhile, future championship opportunity, something. Um, otherwise, it's just going to be a Battle Royal to get more people on the card, which is fine. At the end of the day, that's not the biggest deal. Um, we'll see what they do to make it special. I'm sure we're going to see a couple of uh, returns. As long as it's better than the WrestleMania 25 Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal, I am fine with it. <sighs> Sorry, I've reminded everyone of Santina Morella, and we were all wow. in. A, we were all back in the bad place. Um, I just remember um, that year. I had a party, and we had um, the card printed up on uh, sheets of paper. Yep. And beforehand, everyone went through and they made their predictions, and um, for for the battle royal. Everyone had made a prediction, but everyone got that one wrong because an unannounced cross-dressing Santino Morella was actually the winner. Yep. Uh, and, and, and I believe I ran a perfect card uh, besides that one. So You feel very bitter and jilted. Yes. Nine years later. Yes. Oi, yeah, it was it was not a fun time. Um, remember that that match too. Kid Rock also played, um, and like they they none of the women got their own entrances. They walked out to Kid Rock singing a Kid Rock song. Ah, hey, good times. Uh, soon to be WWE Hall of Famer Kid Rock. You know, just real quick, uh, I was going to talk about the Mania card, but Mark Henry going in the Hall of Fame feels very right. Yeah, um, Mark Henry, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on Mark Henry. That's, um, that's going to be next week's, that's going to be what we do next week, we're just going to talk about Mark Henry. A career yeah, retrospective. He, uh, you know, he legitimately is um, the world's strongest man, uh, or was at one point, mm -hmm. um, and his potential in the powerlifting and Olympic lifting worlds um, was really scary. 
uh, you know, he, he, he was at the 96 Olympics. He was going to go to, and then got hurt. Yes. And that's the one that Vince McMahon sponsored him, uh, to go to. And then he, he joined the WWF at the time was pro wrestling for a little bit. Um, you know, the, you know, so that the 96 was kind of where his competitive training for, you know, uh, powerlifting and Olympic lifting ended. And then kind of on a whim in 2002, he, uh, entered the world's strongest man competition with like less than a couple months of training and won the whole thing. And, you know, just freaky, naturally strong. Um, he's not a, he's not a steroid guy. Um, uh, you know, there's no reason to believe he ever used steroids or anything like that, which is pretty, you know, impressive when you, when you just really, I mean, there's, God, what was it called? Something Axel there, there, there's a, there's a world's strongest man, um, lift called it's something Axel and only like three people in the world have ever lifted it. And, um, the other two people, you know, barely lifted it. And Mark Henry went in 2002 and picked it up over his head three times. So it's just, oh my gosh. And, 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 and his WWE career maybe necessarily didn't pan out to what the original expectations were. You know, he never became a super mega star. He never became the face of the company like uh, some had thought. At the beginning, Vince McMahon um, was one of one of the people thinking that this guy was going to be the next Hogan. Um, but that's not to say that he didn't have a great run. Um, you know, certainly worthy of the the WWE Hall of Fame, and and maybe some other Hall of Fames too. And um, you know, I, I think back over the career of Mark Henry, and I think of the casket match he had with Undertaker at WrestleMania 22. I think of um, the retirement angle with John Cena. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think uh, very deserving of the Hall of Fame uh, induction. So, yeah, kudos to, congrats to, to, to Mark Henry. Mark Henry won uh, the... Um he was a gold, silver, and bronze medalist at the Pan American Games in 1995, which was the, uh, which would have been the lead-in to the Olympics in '96. He was uh, in powerlifting. The he finished first in the 2002 Arnold Strongman Classic, first place finish at the uh, World Powerlifting Championships in 1995, National Powerlifting Championships in '95 and '97, second in the National Powerlifting Championships in '90. Uh, I mean, this goes on and on and on. Like, it's it's really insane just what he did. And he actually currently still holds some powerlifting records to this day. Um, uh, I just had one. He still holds the WDFPF, which is the World Drug-Free Powerlifting Federation, world records in squat 
deadlift and total, um, which that sounds like a lot. It's because it is. Um, that record he holds for squat, 953.5 pounds, deadlift 903.9 pounds, and powerlifting total, 2,336.9 pounds. Uh, that means that uh, that combines squat, deadlift, and uh, I can't find Bench the third press. one. Yes, I believe that is correct. Um, which, if I am reading this correctly, he did 518.1 pounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, just crazy strong. <laughs> you know, squatting and deadlifting nearly half a ton. Um, yeah, and, and, and drug-free, like you said. Very... Um, very crazy. I mean, I remember um, a story of one time somebody asked him if he was on the juice. And he said, what, orange juice? Like, you know, not joking or anything. Just um, legitimately innocent of <laughs> of even the concept of steroids and everything. So right. um, very, uh, very crazy, um, strong, and, and, and uh, a good person from everything that I can tell. I've only ever heard good things about Mark Henry, um, which is funny because he was a heel for so long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. By the way, the well, it's Hall- hard to be that big and be the you know baby face getting sympathy. The the Hall of Pain gimmick may have been one of the best in a time of rough WWE having a rough go at gimmicks. That 2011 Hall of Pain gimmick, I think, fit him perfectly and it worked out great the retirement angle like you talked about was fantastic uh i remember watching that raw live and just i was i'm so rarely shocked by wwe anymore even at the time and that was legitimately surprising and i'm really glad that he was able to become world heavyweight champion and him going in the hall of fame is wonderful and I've not heard a bad thing about the guy, and he very much deserves it. Even the ride-along he did with Chris Jericho was hilarious. Yeah, and and one of the all-time great entrance musics. Yes. Uh, I assume you're referencing his what would be his current entrance music, which was by 3-6 Mafia. Yes. Okay, just making sure. It wasn't sexual chocolate, was it? Well, I mean that one's up there too, but uh, no, the the modern one. Yeah, and it it's in an era where WWE has lost the rights to a lot of music. I'm really glad that Mark Henry still has that one. Yes. Um, but that that's pretty much it. We are uh, we're definitely on the road to WrestleMania. We will um, have to see how these storylines and everything plays out. Um, Brock Lesnar beating up uh, Roman Reigns after Roman Reigns just beat up law enforcement officials um, is a little surprising that Roman was supposed to be the face, especially in Dallas. But um, where would a SmackDown he do? Shouldn't with, he be in prison? For, he should be. WrestleMania? He should be. Um, it's a little weird. Their logic's a little strange. Um, Roman beats up law enforcement officials and is somehow supposed to be sympathized with not just law enforcement officials, U.S. Marshals. 
which was a which was also a Tommy Lee Jones movie back in the nineties. Yes, I believe was the uh, the sequel to The Fugitive. Was it now? I believe it was supposed to be. Uh, if I remember correctly, U.S. Marshals also had Wesley Snipes in it. Hmm. Javier is looking that up, but uh, I don't think we have time. So that'll do it for us this week. Um, you just wrestled. I really quickly want to ask you how that went. You just wrestled in New York. Yeah, I was in Staten Island on uh, Sunday. Um, that was, you know, it was a great time. Um, it was uh, Warriors of Wrestling. It was very uh, a lot. I think it was nineteen matches, and it you know ran maybe six hours or something. It was a massive show, and um, it, it was great. I uh, I was in a tag team match. Um, there was a lot of interesting things tried out um i think the videos will be up online soon if they're not already um but yeah go like warriors of wrestling on facebook um you know send them your your love and your support i uh, hope to be back there again uh one of the coolest parts was that it the location of the the building it was in the same little uh complex as this really cool um staten island or new york um, local grocery store chain called Top Tomato. So if you uh, are any Top Tomato lovers out there, I'm a fan now too. Um, so yeah, that w- that was that. That was it was a good time. I am uh, looking up to see if I can find that Warriors of Wrestling is on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com/slash Warriors of Wrestling, all one word. Uh, and they uh, they post seemingly pretty regularly. They've got a couple shows coming up too, so check them out. And we'll see. Uh, I imagine before too terribly long, we'll see any videos that come up that uh, feature your boy, the new day, the new day. Uh, that's exactly who I it's mean, featuring. I mean, your boy Lee Brando. Your boy Lee Brando. Um, all right. So again, uh, oh, uh, do you have anything else coming up? in the immediate future, or are we not ready to announce anything yet? Not entirely ready to announce anything yet, but uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned for the plugs, and you can find out on Facebook and Twitter, I'm sure, where Lee Brando will pop up next. All right, that'll do it for this week. Stay tuned for the plugs. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash show. Follow us on Twitter at Barricade Show. You can listen to the show each and every week at soundcloud.com slash Barricade Show or search for Over the Barricade Podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Follow Lee Brando on Snapchat, Twitter, and Instagram at Lee Brando underscore and send him a friend request on Facebook. Just search for Lee Brando. And don't forget you can send us an email over the Barricade Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your suggestions. We'll see you next week.